0: Hi, this is David Thornburg, President and CEO of the Committee of Seventy, and welcome to Studio C70, which is our webcast and podcast platform that explores ways in which we can strengthen our local democracy here in Pennsylvania. Topic for today is college students and uh, trying to figure out creative ways to engage them in Voting. If you haven't noticed, we have some significant elections coming up uh, here in 2020, and we are joined today by two folks who are spending a lot of time on the issue of uh, organizing college students and uh, encouraging them to vote. Um, First, uh, I will say hello to uh, Jen uh, Damigal-Goldman. Jen, welcome.
1: Hi, David, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here today on behalf of the All In Campus Democracy Challenge.
0: There it is, All In uh, Campus Democracy Challenge, Uh, terrific. Also joining us is Tiffany Lawson, who is the director of the Bureau of Campaign Finance in Civic Engagement at Pennsylvania's Department of State. So hello, Tiffany.
2: Hi, David, thanks for having us. Happy to be here on behalf of the department.
0: Sure. We'll leave your responsibilities of campaign finance uh, alone for today. because uh, as I said, what we really want to talk about is the particular challenge of uh, making sure that college students uh, have access uh, to the vote and that we do everything to encourage them so Jen, let me start with you uh, but Tiffany feel free to jump in um, just kind of lay out the particular problem that you're trying to solve and the particular challenge the Uh, the magnitude, answering maybe the question of why it has been so chronically difficult in the last few cycles uh, to encourage college students to come out to the polls.
1: Great question, David. Um, The All-In Campus Democracy Challenge, as as you and Tiffany know, but others listening might not, um, was founded at Civic Nation in 2016 and were nonpartisan national... Um, effort to encourage um, college and university students to register and cast informed ballots in each and every election. Um, so not only this year, folks, in 2020. And you're right, it is a, it's a perennial issue um, in large part um, for kind of a variety of reasons. And the assumption often is that it's about apathy. And um, the thing I really want to underscore is that for the most part, it's not about higher levels of apathy among young people. It's about the fact that most of the college students that we're talking about are first time voters. Often they have moved away from home. Um, often they um, need, are busy thinking about other um, things uh, that are you know part of their lives, how they're going to afford um, to eat, how they're going to pass their classes, how they're getting along with roommates or apartment mates. They have a lot of other things that, you know, they're, they're thinking about. And, you know, part of our responsibility as folks working with colleges and universities is to help make that easier. So to help make sure that they understand that based on legislation that went through um, in various states and Supreme Court kind of caseload, That they have the right to register and vote wherever they're in school or wherever they consider their permanent home, and so helping them make those choices and then helping them follow through the steps to register, to potentially request an absentee ballot, um, and to find their polling place and vote. um, In under normal circumstances, is you know one set of hurdles. Right now, um, with the pandemic we're all facing and other pieces, many of them are not where they would have normally been. Right now, Um, they're thinking about you know not only primaries that have keep changing in terms of when they might be held. Um, but they're also trying to figure out how to do classes online and how to afford things because they've lost jobs and other pieces. And so, you know, we have a lot of work that we do um, ourselves with a lot of different national partners and folks um, like Tiffany and um, Secretary Bookfar and others um, like yourselves on the ground doing the work every day.
0: Yep. Um, let me uh, still sort of stay on that question of uh, the nature of the problem for a minute. I Uh, I read something a couple of years ago that you look at the challenges of young people voting and it sort of organizes them into three buckets. One, it says we've made voting too difficult uh, and we need to make it easier. Two, it says that um, young folks in particular are not always convinced that their votes matter. And then the third bucket is that we've lost this sort of, that, that it's a cultural phenomenon. Uh, that people vote because their family, their neighborhood, their employer, or their university, whatever, uh, expects them to. It's, it's sort of part of your identity. So I'm just curious how you uh, kind of allocate your own sense of what the issue is among those three buckets. And then, and Tiffany, feel free to jump in here with your uh, Pennsylvania-specific lens, but just curious how you think through the challenge along those uh, perspectives.
1: You know, David, I think um, I think it's not that any one of those buckets is not accurate, um, but I think, you know, so I think, you know, I have a six-year-old, I'm raising her to be a voter. She's gone with me to every election. In my city here in Tacoma Park, Maryland, she gets a sticker that says future voter. Um, you know, there are ways that we can help do that, but I think our educational system has that responsibility too. And I think we've put a lot more um, at stake in our K-12 systems and, and some of them aren't able to um, you know, help with this uh, particular result. And also that because our election system is so state-based, it changes when they go across the state line to a different school and they have to learn a whole other system and we don't really teach about that. And I think that that's important to acknowledge. I think we also have to acknowledge that while, you know, voting is a kind of a right and a responsibility that we've taken that away in some places and we've made it more difficult. There's been cases of actual voter suppression geared towards college students, you know, where they don't want them to vote because they feel like it'll change Um, a particular outcome locally. You know, I did um, my doctoral work, I was telling you earlier, um, at Penn State. And, you know, the the students kind of overwhelm that community, right? If if they all vote there, they can have a lot of say in an outcome. Um, You know, most of them don't all choose to do that because they don't all view that as their permanent home. And so that many of them are voting throughout the Commonwealth. Um, And I think that's important. I also think it's important that we do help folks understand how much their vote counts. And that's not just about young people. I also think we tend to blame kind of Generation Z now or millennials in the immediate previous um, case, but they're not necessarily voting at lower rates than their um, counterparts that were in Generation X or boomers, right? It's, It's a piece of kind of Learning that process and um, starting to identify with those issues, and yeah. so I think think there are things that we can do that both make it easier, that make um, the options and the information more readily available to folks. Um, I think it's you know it's easier to register in many states where they allow online registration. It's more difficult in places that don't allow that. Um, there are certain steps that we can take that are going to help make it um, simpler. You know, we've we've published some articles in our Forbes channel that talk about you know if you expand Um, to same-day registration or you expand early voting, it not only helps the general public, but it particularly helps first-time voters. And so I think, um, you know, thinking through what kind of reforms and things like that we can do is really important, but I would just emphasize that the work that the All-In-Campus Democracy Challenge is doing with our 630 um, campuses across the country, and that includes just over 50 in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, is really about helping to create systems that ensure that the information is getting to students, right? Um, Whether that's, you know, announcements by faculty, um, pop-ups when they register for courses that say, hey, have you registered to vote? You know, here's where you go. Um, You know, by helping to do the education that makes them aware of what else is going to be on their ballot when they show up other than, you know, the election for a president. You know, oftentimes they get there and then they're not prepared to understand, you know, they're going to have all these other things. And so how do we help them understand where to get that information? It's all nonpartisan, um, but we're helping we're trying to help grow voters, right? Grow students into voters, and I think that's an important part of our democracy.
0: That's a, that's a great way of thinking about it. That you're, uh, it's a, it's a development process. It's not an on-off switch. Um, Tiffany, um, let's let's talk a little bit about the particular challenge here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. I've um, lived most of my life here. Went to college here. Pennsylvania is populated by, uh, in comparison to other states lots of smaller schools. Uh, good, I went to Haverford College, there are places like that that are they're small, um, maybe liberal arts schools. We we have a state university, but compared to a Michigan or a Florida or whatever, it's kind of smaller. So uh, how, how do you look at the particular challenge here in Pennsylvania?
2: David, that's a great question. I actually went to a small liberal arts school as well. I went to Dickinson College here in the South Central part of the state. And I think you know my particular kind of personal experience is I'm I'm the child of immigrants, um, and so I think that you know to answer that question, Pennsylvania also has a very large immigrant population and a lot of um, young people similar to I who are being born and raised here, um, who might not have grown up at home talking about elections, um, and so you know to that experience at the department, we really prioritize um, making sure that we're getting the message out to diverse populations. I think that for a lot of college students, just like Jen said, I mean, you're trying to figure out, you know, if you're going to secure a job after college or, or you're, if you're not a senior, you're trying to find a lucrative internship uh, to kind of build um, a career pathway for yourself. A lot of young people in Pennsylvania are also first-time college goers, um, whether they're from potentially immigrant households, refugee households, or rural households, um, where there's not a social safety net of a family that can support them. So, that you know, your priorities kind of come into Maslow's hierarchy, making sure you can meet your basic needs, and, and so this idea of civic engagement becomes kind of a loftier Idealistic idea. Um, and one thing that we're trying to do here at the Department of State is create these programs. Um, Pennsylvania Campus Voting Challenge is one of them in partnership with All In, but we also have a high school program called the Governor Civic Engagement Award. And we're trying to truly promote the idea of civic learning. So um, civic education, not just being regulated, um, we're talking kind of in the college aspect, just to political science classes, right? But that kind of discourse around civic um, education and civic engagement is part of um, a women's and gender studies class or a computer science class or a math class. Um, and so that lives and breathes in every single classroom on campus. And that's really the beauty of um, this partnership with All In and the plans that each of the um, campuses have to put together because they have to find a way to imbue this really into every single classroom and facet of campus life.
0: Yeah, sort of steep it throughout the curriculum and not just the curriculum, the social activities or whatever uh, angle you can uh, you can come up with. Uh, Tiffany, I, uh, I hope you're aware I'm looking at the Volkswagen in back of me of the Draw the Lines PA uh, competition that we've had in place the last couple of years, which is encouraging particularly uh, young folks in high school and college to learn about the issue of redistricting and gerrymandering and to, uh, uh, and to take the process of drawing maps into their own hands. Uh, short commercial here, we uh, uh, just had an award ceremony the other day uh, online uh, that uh, uh, recognize. In fact, I think we had a. There was a Dickinson uh, professor that we recognized. Who've been particularly supportive. But the whole point of this is, um, you know, that uh, you give students the tools to learn in a hands-on fashion about how political maps are drawn, and that reveals something about maybe how we ought to improve that in the future. Um, So uh, I just wanted to make sure you're clued into that and and Jen, that you knew something about that as well. So we're very proud of what we've been able to do. Let's let's talk sort of the brass tacks of the all in, got to make sure I get it all, all in campus democracy challenge. Like we get the goals, we get the problem we're trying to solve. Jen, like how is this supposed to work? You said you have 600 some campuses uh, around the country we'll talk about Pennsylvania second what what's what's the play that you're that you're trying to run
1: Sure those are really good questions um, David and I also just want to um, before I answer that say that you know Tiffany's broader point about this being about civic learning and not just about voting is absolutely part of what um, the All in challenge is about so we say that what we're trying to be about is engagement in our democracy and we break that democratic engagement um, terminology into three um, core buckets so we say civic learning, political engagement and voter participation. And um, you know, the the thing that people are really caring about right now because we're in a big presidential election year is is the voter participation piece. But but the but the thing that we have found is you know colleges and universities not only have a legal responsibility based on the Higher Education Act um, to provide access to voter registration forms, but they also Um, most of them in their mission statements talk about preparing future citizens, preparing leaders, doing all of these other things, making a difference, and, you know, whatever those majors are, helping students understand public policy implications, you know, for those computer science majors that Tiffany referenced they need to think about, um, you know, different legislation, security, and rules, and, you know, privacy, and other things that have been discussed um, by state and federal, um, you know, legislative bodies um, are all kind of pieces of that. Education majors, thinking about these different um, pieces, you know, all of that's really important. And so, you know, what we do and we ask campuses to sign up is that they are making a public commitment that this is important, that engagement in our democracy is part of higher education's mission, that that this it's historically been the case and that they're kind of recommitting to that. We're asking them to sign up for something also called it's colloquially called NSOLV. It's an acronym um, that stands for the National Study of Learning, Voting, and Engagement. And it's a free um, campus report that any college campus in the U.S. can get that takes um, public voter roll data and matches it to um, campus data that's provided to the National Student Clearinghouse and then gives each campus their data for um, every midterm and federal election. So every two years they get that data. Um, and it does it regardless of where that student um, votes. So, I'm happy to say Dickinson and Haverford, Penn State where I went to school, Bucknell where I worked for a short time, are all participating, um, not only in the All in Challenge nationally, but in this um, Pennsylvania uh, voting challenge. And um, each of them then get this report and it tells you um, how many of your students are registered that are eligible, how many of them are turning out to vote. Um, It breaks it down by area of study, um, by the method which they voted. So did they vote same day? Did they vote absentee? you know, it gives you some demographic information in terms of age and race and gender, Um, also kind of class year. So we usually see kind of a direct um, arrow up in that the first years are voting the fewest and the seniors are voting at the highest rates. So they're figuring it out by the time they're um, getting through college, which is um, good to know, but also tells us where to focus. Um, And so because that data was really available for the first time before the 2016 election, that's why we started. Because campuses for the first time could could get some data that meant they could do something about it. So then the next thing we say is they need to create kind of some sort of committee on campus. They need to designate someone as being responsible for paying attention to this data, and they need to put together kind of a coalition. And we ask that that coalition at least has folks from the faculty, from the administration, students, and then we encourage them to make sure they're creating a relationship with their local board of elections and to think about what other nonpartisan and nonprofit partners might exist in the community, right? So that might be that they're working with Committee of 70. It might be that they're working with their local League of Women Voters. It might be that there's another kind of coalition out there that's providing some of the information and so they don't have to recreate that wheel. That committee then is helping to create what Tiffany referenced earlier, which is what we call a democratic engagement action plan. And so campuses submit these action plans and they, they have kind of nine key components. We're asking them for kind of their strategy to talk about why their campus is committed to this, how they're doing this, how they're making data informed decisions about who and what to focus on. So if they know, you know if it's a very large university like Penn State, You know, it may be that students in a specific college are voting at lower levels, and so they're going to do outreach to the business college, for example. Um, In other places, it might mean that they're focusing more on the students who live off campus or, um, you know, different kind of demographics like that. And then based on that, we give out awards and recognition. Um, And the SEALs that we give out, they're only competing against themselves, right? And then we give out other awards that are in kind of categories. And so with Pennsylvania and this voting challenge with Tiffany and her colleagues, there's another set of awards that these campuses can qualify for. So for highest registration rate, we'll give out some for community colleges, and there's a huge cohort of community colleges in Pennsylvania that are um, part of it. We'll give it out based on size. Um, and so it's supposed to both kind of create a structure that campuses are saying that they find helpful, it's data informed, and then we're recognizing them for the, the work that they're
0: doing. That's great. So it's, it's uh, as you said, data informed, this is based on real metrics, uh, but it's also, in the balance between carrots and sticks, this is all carrots. This is this is something that you should be proud of, that you should display prominently, using your materials and so forth. So, Tiffany, who's the, who are the superstars beyond Haverford and Dickinson? Uh, who are the superstars in Pennsylvania? What are you learning about the uptick? And we'll talk about COVID nineteen in a minute. But I know that's a significant disruption. But but so far, uh, who's sort of stepping out?
2: Well, we, David, that's a great question. We actually just launched this partnership with um, with All In in February. Um, so we aren't really seeing, we won't really have that data for a while because we rely on the NSOL data. But we have over 70 campuses currently already participating. So any campus that was already an All In campus automatically becomes a part of the Pennsylvania Campus Voting Challenge. And so right now, um, especially prior to the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, we were looking at recruiting new campuses to the challenge.
0: Okay. Um, and I guess uh, it's a good time to any to get into the, the particular challenges that we've been referencing. Um, everybody's world is upside down, but particularly college students. Um, you know, you didn't come back from spring break. You, you go home, all of a sudden everything's online. I have to believe um that uh, registering to vote, to figuring out how you, what happened to your absentee ballot and where am I gonna get it and can I still vote in person is just, is just a, a huge logistical challenge. But, but sticking with Pennsylvania, Tiffany, like, you know, you, Department of State is one place where people turn to for answers. How, what do you, what kinds of questions are you getting? How do you help people out? Uh, there's a there's a lot of tangled uh, knots to uh, unravel here
2: absolutely great question David we're getting a lot of those questions right now so if you're a college student and you live in Pennsylvania but you go to college in another county and you intend to still vote in that county you can request a mail-in ballot um, and uh, request an application for a mail-in ballot you can fill it out online if you have access to internet you can go to our website votespa.com um, and so you can apply for a mail-in ballot um there and a mail-in ballot will be mailed out to you um and and so one quick caveat this is for folks that have a pennsylvania driver's license or a pennsylvania state id and they have that id number um, so if you do not have a pennsylvania driver's license or a pennsylvania state id you will not be able to apply online and you'll have to apply by paper. So, yeah. for anybody that does have those um, those items, internet, driver's license, state ID, or state ID, please go to our website to do that. That's gonna be the easiest easiest, and smoothest process. So, for instance, if you live in another county um, and go to school in another county, you still wanna vote in the county where you go to, go to school and then, you know, continue in your process, apply for a mail-in ballot. Let's say, hypothetically, you do not um, want to vote in the county um, that you were going to school and you actually want to vote at home in your home county here in Pennsylvania, you'll contact the county elections office and just let them know you want to cancel your registration and you'll apply for your voter registration in the county of residence where you are physically. But you can do either, it's really up to you. Yep. For students that live out of state, they have two options as well. They can either continue, if their registration was in their college campus or university campus, they can keep it there and vote in that county. However, um, if they want to vote in their home state and their home municipality or their home county, they're gonna need to call the county elections official in the county where their school was, they're gonna have to cancel their voter registration and they're gonna have to apply for voter registration in the current county in which they resided in in the state that they resided.
0: Yeah, good good thorough uh, walk through of the particulars and uh just to repeat again uh the votespa.com uh, is the place to go to uh kind of get yourself on track I, I know you you said you just launched this in february and then the world changed in mid march but um I'm curious if if you've seen in pennsylvania and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll flip to you, Jen. Um, among the folks that were responsive to the message, have you seen any particularly creative uh, uh, responses to the challenge and people thinking differently about how you can uh, he- hear the call of the challenge and, and, uh, and still execute?
1: Tiffany, if you're OK, I might um, jump in there, partly because I think a lot of the campuses in Pennsylvania While we experienced, we've experienced a 13% increase in the number of Pennsylvania campuses participating in the All In Challenge since launching the Pennsylvania um, specific state challenge. um, Many of the campuses were, were participating already, and so that means we've had. Um, potentially we had 2018 action plans from some of them and gave out we gave out over 35 um, seals of recognition to Pennsylvania campuses in our 2019 awards ceremony based on 2018 performance Um, and so what we have seen is a lot of great efforts so one of the first things I would say David is you know when we launched in February the way you know as Tiffany talked about we did kind of a same simultaneous um, dual launch over two consecutive weekends at two um, state voting summits that the All on challenge along with some other nonprofit voting partners hosted at um, the University of Pittsburgh um, in the uh, western part of the state and um, and at the University of Pennsylvania in the eastern part of the state um, and both of those campuses have done some really great work I would also um, shout out um, Drexel has done some really great work and has been li- lately sharing some really great things on social media um, both around the new um, Uh, kind of parameters around voting for the upcoming primary in Pennsylvania. Um, I was I was looking at some of it yesterday Um, and also kind of in general one of the things we've seen nationally that has um, panned out in Pennsylvania as well is an increase since 2016 in the number of nonpartisan student voting kind of groups or coalitions on campus Um, and so you see kind of oftentimes it's tied to a mascot, but you know you have like pen votes right or um, other groups that kind of um, play on the mascot or do other things that are really it isn't just the college Dems and college Republicans or you know Green Party or some coalition for a specific candidate but this group coming together saying it's important that we talk to our peers about voting and that message coming from peers is often really important what we have found too often in the past though is that that's not enough right if we don't have campuses in terms of administration stepping up and saying we're giving access to this in a more systemic way um, and making this kind of you know, the information about voting, about whether there's an on-campus polling site, um, about where to find the information. If that isn't happening in a bigger way, it doesn't reach all students. And so I think, um, you know, what we've seen so far in Pennsylvania is huge turnout at those two summits, a lot of interest in this work. Um, we, um, at the All in Challenge, nationally held a Zoom webinar um, yesterday that had, you know, 150 people participating in it, which is a really large number. We consider we only have 600 plus campuses. Um, So really great turnout for us really looking at what is the fallout of thinking about this work amidst COVID-19. So thinking about what needs to go into updated versions of action plans, thinking about kind of tentative planning in terms of how to help students understand some of the examples of what Tiffany said that are specific to Pennsylvania, understanding others. I live in Maryland now, you know, the the, um, Maryland Board of Elections just came out with information this week that said instead of applying for a um, mail-in ballot for the primary that's been delayed till June. They're going to send it to everyone. So now the questions for college students are: What if it's being sent to an address I'm not at right now? And how do we do that? And so helping figure, you know, figure this piece out. Um, you know, I think even those of us who are paying attention, um, really to the rules, kind of constantly as part of our jobs, it's still kind of confusing, right? Um, and then, you know, what are those implications going to be for the fall? So part of what campuses have to think about right now is. What messages are they going to tell incoming first-year students? Are they going to encourage them to register before they come to campus at home um, with the idea that we might have higher levels of mail-in voting? Um, you know, if, if orientation doesn't happen the way it has typically happened over the summer, um, you know, they might not have the same opportunities to do that. So I think starting to think about having all of these contingency plans in place is part of what's becoming really important. Um, And so I think not only understanding what it's going to look like for the primaries right now, but understanding that, you know, Tiffany and her colleagues are going to have to continue to think about what this is going to look like then for the election in November. And so staying abreast and knowing who to follow um, and where to get some of that
0: information becomes really important. Tiffany, you folks have a, uh, a phone helpline, don't you, for voters?
2: Great question, David. Yes, we do. And it's also we have a telephonic um, interpreter service. So we can answer calls in over 250 languages. Um, And that number is 717-787-5280. And folks can call in. So let's say you don't have internet, or you don't have a Pennsylvania driver's license or a state ID, you can call us and we can help you to navigate, um, you know, how you can print off your mail-in ballot or how you can apply for your mail-in ballot.
0: Yeah, I will testify. I actually called that because I was having trouble with my online application for a mail ballot and the phone was answered promptly and I got a good thoughtful response, helped me clear it all up. So five-star review on Yelp.
2: (laughs) Awesome. Thank Uh, you.
0: Yeah. Um, We couldn't leave this conversation without talking about the topic of partisanship um, you know I run a nonpartisan organization I don't expect I get an argument from either one of you that um, that more people voting uh, more people better informed voting is a good thing for democracy um, but we live in uh, hyper partisan times and it doesn't take long to find somebody who who sees some kind of secret plot uh, in this uh, Attempt to organize and register more college students and and get them voting. So, be interested to each of you. Start with you, Jen. How do you? What's your best defense if somebody accosts you with that kind of a accusation?
1: You know I think in large part David my response is very much you know what you just said which is that we are not taking any positions on um, candidates and things like that we are encouraging folks uh, we're not even pushing for them to vote in a specific place we very much want them to understand what their rights are um, how, how to enact that and so um, to make an informed choice as a student about you know, if they go to school away from home about whether they are identifying what was home or where their parents might live as their um, primary residence, or if they're viewing it where they're at school. Also recognizing that, you know, we often, and even in this conversation, have equated young people and college students in in kind of the same sentence a lot of times. And that's not true. You know, that's kind of a very old school notion of who and what college students are. Um, A lot of college students don't fit that mold. They are older they have families, they are absolutely, um, you know, part of the community that they're living in, and school is only a part of their story. And and they might be, you know, immigrants or um, new citizens, um, you know, they might not have been raised in households where voting was the norm, and so we're helping them understand that. And Some of the first time voters that are college students aren't in that 18 to 22 year old bucket. And so I think it's really important um, you know, and that it is part of kind of our developmental mission in higher education. We're trying to raise um, folks that are going to do good work in their communities. They're going to be good teachers. They're going to be good nurses. They're going to do all these other things. And part of that is taking on this responsibility. And so, um, you know, we are going to be called on that uh, at times, but it's just not true.
0: Yeah. How about you? How about you, Tiffany? How do you respond to when people want to interject some sort of partisan plot into all this?
2: You know, I think um, it's really unfortunate when people try to color kind of civic engagement and civic education and civic learning as partisan. I mean, I think it's, you know, my parents were immigrants, so I definitely don't take this for granted, being able to to vote is such a fundamental right of my citizenship. And I think it's it's this knowledge and this passion for participating in our elections that we really want to um have all these young people be really enthusiastic about, I mean, because our Pennsylvania campus voting challenge is so new, I'm just gonna really quickly cite our Governor's Civic Engagement Award. We're in the third year of it, and last year we rolled out um, an individual award category for students that had um, run a voter registration drive at their school and also served as a poll worker in a previous election. And to hear young people 18 year olds talking so knowledgeably about elections, actually seeing the wheel of democracy in play, serving as a poll worker on election day from, you know, 7 a.m. to, you know, 8 p.m. I mean, it's remarkable. And studies have shown that young people, the younger you are when you get involved in civic engagement, you'll become a lifelong voter. And that's ultimately, our democracy is stronger when more people participate in it.
0: Yep. well said. One of you mentioned it earlier, uh, I think it was Jen uh, with your six-year-old, but I always uh, encourage people with kids to bring them to the polls uh, from an early as early as you know, long as they can get outside the house, because it it does instill that sense of identity, participation. It it just sort of roots you in in that kind of uh, that kind of thinking and that kind of culture. I probably should have begun with this question, but we'll end with this question, which is what kind of results do you hope to achieve um, through the the campus democracy challenge? Uh, You do, you said this is metrics-based. You've got the the numbers for particular campuses and nationwide, so give us a sense of where things are right now and where you you hope to be. Uh, uh, Jen, let's, let's direct that to you.
1: You know, I think one of the things that's interesting, so if you take the 2018 election, um, the student voting rate for college students nationally, so not just those participating in the All-In Challenge, um, was was just about uh, 40%. Um, and in 2014, well, probably, the last... Uh,
0: was, was probably 60-some percent, wasn't it?
1: Right, for, right, for um, comparison. And, um, and in 2014, the previous similar midterm election, it was under 20%, so we more than doubled um, not and I, you know, I don't take responsibility for that, um, you know, just as all in. Although I do think that a significant portion of that was campuses that were creating action plans and doing this work with us and other um, national partners that we work with. It was also the fact that there was increased, um, you know, attention in that election and things like that. You know, the turnout in the 2016 election, the last presidential election, hovered just under 50%. It was about 48%. Our goal um, is to get that to at least 65. Um, and you know, I think we were we were headed in a really good direction um, towards that. I'm curious to see how this pandemic and what decisions are made in terms of um, how we help people vote, um, you know, how this kind of evolves and how we kind of step up our, our efforts to make it as easy as possible and to keep our um, citizens um, and community members as healthy as possible while doing that um, you know, through the primaries and the fall. Um, it's something we have to kind of keep an eye on, keep our pulse on. You know, you've pointed to some great um, information on the web and phone um, for Pennsylvania specific things. I would also urge folks to follow us at All in Devote on Twitter and Instagram. Our website is allinchallenge.org. You can find out if your campus is participating on our participating campus site and you can search um, for Pennsylvania and it'll bring up all the campuses in Pennsylvania or you can search for your campus by name, and then if you click on the campus name, it'll tell you, and you can see the action plans. We ask campuses to make them public, so you can see an action plan, you can see their unsolved report if they've decided to make it public, you can see what seals of recognition um, they've been given for past elections. And the one other um, piece, David, that I want to announce is that in the last two weeks, we unveiled a new initiative, which is um, a higher education president's commitment to full student voter participation, and 11 of the presidents that have signed this so far out of about 90 are from Pennsylvania. Um, And so what we're asking then is for these college presidents to say, even amidst this crisis, it is super important that we're ensuring we're giving the right information to our students. They're signing up, they're making sure we have a primary contact, and we're making sure to share information as it's evolving. Um, And so I think that that's, that's a really important thing, and we're seeing a lot of interest in that. Um, We'll be hosting a um, conversation in early May with presidents around the country to help give them some tools and help them think about how they can help ensure that the messages are still getting out, even if the process of doing that is different right now.
0: That's great. Here's a little semi-gratuitous bit of just an idea that occurred to me. Uh, I mentioned I was involved in starting the organization Campus Philly in, in in Philadelphia, which is trying to build greater attachment between college students and the community. And I learned in that that colleges um, see the campus tour as hugely influential in what swings uh, a student's uh, interest in attending a particular place. So the idea is you've got to plant people, uh, aspiring students on the tours who ask the tour guide Say, are you all <laughs> participating in the all-in campus democracy challenge? And, oh, by the way, what's your rate of uh, voter turnout? You know, in this last election. So, uh, I think if they start hearing that message f- from that quarter, uh, you know, you know, you're 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 getting somewhere. So, but you know,
1: duly I- noted. I will start yeah. to think about a yeah. plot to plant people.
0: That's right. <laughs> you can do it for me. That can be
2: part of the <laughs> campus action plans, right? The decoy. <laughs>
0: yeah, The decoy. <laughs> well, listen, anything else either of you uh, uh, want to share with our viewers and listeners? It's been a great conversation.
2: There's one last thing, David. I didn't know if we had shared this earlier, but for the Pennsylvania Campus Voting Challenge, which is our partnership with All In, there'll be three award categories um, that we'll recognize in twenty the fall of 2021. Um, So it'll be the most improved um, campus voter turnout, um, the highest campus voter turnout, and the highest student voter registration rate. And I think this is one of the, the way that these awards are created is really kind of, to borrow a term from education, really a growth mindset. We're really rewarding campuses um, who are not all equally resourced, right? with the the effort that they've put into to registering people and getting people um, to participate in the election. I think that's really that's really impactful. I had the opportunity to go to the national all-in Awards um, Campus Democracy Challenge ceremony in DC in November of last year and it was really inspiring to see campus presidents there um, who you know were really leading the charge nationally. Um, and setting the bar really high, and then see campuses from all across the country, um, different budgets, right, different sizes, two-year, four-year, winning these awards, Um, and it was so gratifying, because, you know, at the Department of State, we're really invested in everybody having an opportunity um, to be part of the social fabric and the, the electoral fabric of Pennsylvania, and so making the bar in a way that we don't penalize schools that might not have as many resources as, let's say, a Dickinson College or a Haverford. Um, I think is really important.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And, uh, and Jen mentioned earlier that you're really evaluating progress against your own past, rather than because that that really is, you know, are are you doing everything you can uh, to uh, to make your numbers so. Right. Uh, Terrific. Jen, anything, any last words from you?
1: Sure. Um, Two things I want to specifically mention. One is, um, one of the awards we gave out for 2018 at the ceremony that Tiffany referenced for the first time this time was uh, a Champion Award. um, And we recognized two college and university presidents. And one of those was uh, President Valerie Smith at Swarthmore uh, College, right um, up the road from you, David. And so I just wanted to-
0: point out Haverford's arch rival, but that's okay.
1: I I mean I waited till the end so that you weren't gonna hold it against me, but um, you know, has done great work. Um ha- there's a great photo of um Val uh helping the mascot register to vote, obviously um tongue in cheek, but um well, didn't a, have
0: a photo ID or a driver's license, but
1: I know, tongue in cheek. Um, although I did make sure that um the student who was dressed as the mascot was actually appropriately registered at wherever place he or she I, I, I can't divulge the name of the mascot but <laughs> um, was actually registered um, so that's one and two I, I don't think that we noted that the Pennsylvania um, college voting challenge with us um, is the first of its kind uh, Michigan and so I just want to mention that so uh, Michigan has also um, created a challenge and they launched that um, not long after Pennsylvania did and Colorado will be officially launching it later this month um, and we are in um, kind of process with a number of other places, but um, but really important um, to kind of uh, mention that and say that we're really appreciative of Tiffany and her colleagues for the work that they've done and really stepping up and saying, this is something that's important.
0: That's great, Pennsylvania first. Now uh, we've just got to be uh, best.
1: <laughs> we're here to help.
0: Um, thank you both. Uh, just a, a, a Tiffany, in particular, in, in, in Pennsylvania, treated as a standing offer that we're happy to mobilize the Volkswagen in back of me if you uh, if you want to color any any local color on one of the campuses that you're visiting, and we'd even go outside of Pennsylvania, uh, Jen, if if that works for you. So, well,
1: we'll so. make sure we connect you with the the campuses in Pennsylvania for sure. Okay. Is that Thank told you, me? David.
0: The, uh, the Volkswagen got wrapped about three days before the world shut down. So it's it's kind of uh, straining at the bit <laughs> trying to get out of the road and not just serve as a virtual background. Um, terrific. Thank you all both for, for joining me. Uh, Jen Donegal-Goldman uh, with the All-In Campus Democracy Challenge, uh, and Tiffany Lawson, the director of campaign uh, finance and civic engagement at the Department of State. And uh, uh, best wishes for a successful primary season, election season, uh, and beyond. We're with you.
2: Thank you, David. Okay. Thank you for having us.